Podcast like a motherfucker. Welcome to Amatime Podcast, episode number 12. I'm Henry Miller, I've got Jonas and Rasmus, and a special guest today, Thomas Kirsting. He's been on the show before. Um, you were here last time talking about your tournament, Gentlemen's and Dolls, and now we're here again to talk about the next tournament coming up in Denmark, or the next big tournament coming up in Denmark, Giant Fanatic. So the episode today is going to be mostly talking about Giant Fanatic, and also maybe a little bit about our list that we're running for Giant Fanatic and just in general the tournament back. So we're going to get to that in a second. Also got a friend of mine here, Björk. He's a friend of mine from my rugby team. So he's here today. He was just come down to hang out. Um, you're actually an Infinity player. Yes. And just came out to hang out and watch some night face today. So maybe you just want to introduce yourself, say who you are, what you what you like to do, and make yeah. a funny joke. <laughs> okay, that's total order. No, um, I play Infinity, and I've been dabbling in uh, War Machines and Hordes, and 40k, and a lot of other bits and pieces. Um, so I just popped in to see what Ninth Age yeah. was about. So you, you, you were watching a game today, we, we tested one of the scenarios for Giant Fanatic. Um, what would you say is your overall impression, after just being uh, an innocent bystander for a couple of hours? <laughs> Lots of dice. Yeah, lots no, of dice. It's, Compared uh, to Infinity. Yeah, it is. Lots of models too. It's yeah. uh, very impressive and looks uh, like a lot of fun. It's definitely the the tournament packs you were testing out. It had a lot of interesting twists, I think, Yeah. Um, to, to tweak the game. Looked good. Looked fun. Yeah. Um, how would you say, is the, what's the biggest dif- difference between the Ninth Age and Infinity? Or uh, I mean, first one is is the amount of models easily because <laughs> yeah. you can you can run Infinity with ten guys on the table uh, for a standard size game. Yeah. So that's a that's a big uh, difference, and also you uh, utilize the the scenery a lot more uh, to get to, cover and yeah, stuff like to that. to hide your guys and not don't get faked yeah. straight off. Yeah. So we're not an Infinity podcast. No. So we're just gonna jump back into Ninth Age. So Thomas, maybe you'd like to introduce Giant Fanatic. Tell us what Giant Fanatic is, what it's about, what you're doing, why it's fun. Well, it's fun because it's 9th age <laughs> gaming. Uh, Giant Fanatic is also a lot of uh, tournaments. Uh, they're doing both 4K and also Infinity, War Machine Hordes, Blood Bowl, Epic, and I'm missing one or two games, <laughs> which is, I think there's uh, 300 uh, player tickets all in all, but uh, Ninth Age is the largest one with 100 tickets. 100 tickets? Yeah, 100 tickets. So it's uh, probably the largest single tournament in Denmark. Uh, probably in Scandinavia. Been, and it has been for many years. It's Jan Fanatic number 18. Wow. Um, so it started in 1998. Something about that. I can remember when I was very young going <laughs> to a Jan Fanatic. Just I, a very in, small in 1998 time. I was 11 years old. No. Bad maths, nine years old? <laughs> yeah, I was about uh, 13 years old. But so when when is Giant Fanatic? It's the 1st and 2nd of October this year. Cool, so, so we have a... More than a month. Yeah, a little Five bit over weeks, a month. I think it is. Yeah, I've got to do some painting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is why I uh, 
became a tournament organizer for Ninth Age, so I don't have to paint a lot this year. <laughs> I've been to the ninth or the fantasy part, uh, yeah. with the one fantasy battle part of it, uh, for five years, I think. And before that, uh, a lot of 40k tournaments too, uh, at Giant Fantasy. Um, so I'm an old schooler. Yeah, so I think we should just um, we should just make a little bit of a overview of what Giant Fanatic is. So, like Thomas said, it's the biggest tournament in Scandinavia. 300 people, 100 ninth age places. And he said there's how many how many tickets have been sold so far? Uh, 92. That's 92. Eight, eight tickets left. Eight tickets left. So if you want to join Giant Fanatic number 18. You should go on fanatic.dk. Yes. There's eight tickets left, so get them while they're hot. It's going to be a great tournament. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, what's going to happen now is we're going to quickly go over the tournament pack for for Giant Fanatic Ninth Age. Uh, we're going to talk about the battlefield condition cards, which are something that's going to make the games a bit more interesting, and also hopefully uh, limit some builds and balance a bit, make it less rock paper scissors and a bit more dynamic. And then we're going to talk about the scenarios. There's Giant Fanatic is five games, three games on the first day, and two games on the second day. Yes. Yes. And there's also a quiz and painting prizes, thing, usual tournament things. Yeah, that's about 100 battle points from uh, from the game, so 20 per game. Yeah. And then uh, 35 points divided uh, in soft scores, divided between uh, uh, fair play, painting, and quiz. Okay, uh, firstly we should talk about uh, the victory points. So the victory point table in the Ninth Age, it goes from 17 to 3, depending on how many points you score from the game, how many victory points you get, how many models you kill, and then you get 3 points for the scenario. Now, uh, in Giant Fanatic it's going to be slightly different. So maybe you'd like to elaborate on how it's different and why it's different. Yeah, it's. Um, I wanted really wanted the scenarios, uh, the objectives to matter a bit more, matter more than uh, the six points that you're usually playing for. Uh, so you can, by winning the different scenario objectives, you can get uh, plus five points if you win and minus five points if you lose. So wow. that's a lot of points. So the scenarios are going to be really, really important. Exactly. Uh, so bring your scoring units, guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's something to uh, change the meta a bit. Uh, so you really have to focus on getting those objectives uh, in the different scenarios. And we have five different uh, scenario packs, uh, five different scenarios. Um, and we also change because you get more points from uh, from the scenario objective. You also get a little bit less from the victory points. Mm -hmm. uh, normally you have eight different levels of uh, uh, well, different points brackets. Yeah, like how many, point yeah. brackets. Yeah, uh, we shot that down to six and set up for capping at more than seven hundred and fifty points. You're capping at uh, fifteen hundred victory points. Yeah, so it's yeah. a little bit easier to get the highest one. Yeah, but this, yeah, but the the scenario points taken into account. Yeah, it's also if you cap the victory points uh, for smashing an enemy, but the enemy got the objective, it's a draw. Okay. And uh, we should also say that, that it's actually quite hard to get 20 nil, or it's a little bit harder to get 20 nil because the bracket is quite high. Yeah. Whereas it's it's not. I think it's is it 19 one or 19 or 18 two is a bit easier. Uh, yeah, it depends on if you win the scenario objective. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but but you really need to smash the enemy. Uh, the bracket for getting 14 points for victory points uh, yeah. is 1,000 to 1,500. 
Yeah, it's quite a big bracket. Yeah, exactly. So it's not that hard to get 14 points because you just need a little bit over 1,000, but you need to score 1,500 points to get that point yeah. more. So basically, if you 20 nil someone, you've already fucked them in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> you've already fucked them in the ass. They've done something really wrong. <laughs> Play a proper hammer. Yeah. You've been like walking units backwards towards the enemy for the whole game. <laughs> okay, so um, first up, the battlefield condition cards. Now, yeah. there's going to be six cards, correct? That's correct. And each of the cards you can play once during the tournament. Yeah. So it's five games and six cards. Yeah. Um, again, it's something that I want to change the meta a bit and to prevent some builds, uh, some of the hard builds so it's not as much rock, paper, paper scissors as you mentioned before. Mm -hmm. um, at the start of the tournament you get uh, a card deck of six cards uh, for the five games and you can play one card at the start of the game, uh, at the start of each game. And when, when during the game do you play the card? After this presentation and before rolling for deployment and okay. such. Uh, so, and you don't have to play a card so it can be maybe a strategic uh, advantage to uh, to maybe not play some games if you think they're pretty balanced already and then having a bigger hand for the last games because okay. you use the cards when you use them and have to yeah. uh, so you can only use them once yes exactly okay that's that's an interesting idea actually because then you can kind of hold your cards back yeah. and then if you're doing really well by the end you can yeah. play your card and obviously yeah. you can only play one card per game yes exactly and you only have one of each card of these six cards okay so what do the cards do well I can go through them. Uh, the first one is called Fog of War, where I, in the first round of, uh, of the game, uh, there's fog all around, which means that uh, <laughs> all units more than 18 away from uh, uh, a target shooting unit receives hard target. And okay. if you're more than 24 inches away from a unit, you cannot target that. That also means that you can't target it with, uh, spells. With, uh, with spells or with catapults and stuff like yeah. that. So this one is to to combat the gunline yeah, build, exactly. right? So that that means that that if the gunline wants to shoot you in the first turn, it has to either push up yeah. or it has to hold back and not shoot. So that's kind of limiting those the builds that we don't really like to play against. Yeah, exactly. And one of them is gunlines. Yes. Okay. The second uh, one. The second one is a bit funny one that's called Dawn Attack, uh, where you put a covering screen down between. The players and you deploy in secret. <laughs> uh, so I've never actually played this. No, I played this it like uh, at an old Giant uh, Fanatic some years ago. Uh, it was really fun. It's quite quirky and not always fair, but it's it's fun. Uh, so you deploy your whole army without knowing where the opponent is. Yeah. And then you roll for first turn as normal. Yeah, Rasmus, you were telling a story about when when this happened to you at a tournament. You want to. Yeah. Tell the listeners what happened. Yeah, it's it's real quick. I was playing uh, dwarves with the enduring mountain, uh, the shooting gallery against <laughs> an assault orc army. And uh, what I did is I uh, put my army real quick down in silence in the one corner, and I was making a lot of noise, like dropping the pens and rolling yes. the dice yeah, and moving the keys. Things. <laughs> and occasionally putting my head up so you could see my hair and sitting down. At the opposite corner so you yeah, put your arm in. Corner and sneaky, sneaky. Yeah, and, 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 and of course he thought he was sneaking, so he put his entire origami where he thought I was. And when we lift the, the sheets, I was in the other corner. <laughs> so you had to slug 
all the way across the board. Yeah, and he did. He 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 reached the sender. <laughs> he got halfway there before they all got he, killed. He, before get wiped. <laughs> that was the twenty nil less. So in this meta, he would have gotten the objective. Probably. No, I was I was I was in the middle. I shoot him down and then I sold him. <laughs> so yeah, that's a sneaky tip there yeah. for uh, Amazon tip there for the for the screen. Yeah. The screen uh, card. Yeah, the next one is uh, Strange Currents of Magic, which is against the strong magic armies, where you get uh, uh, one dispel dice each face, both for you and your opponent, uh, and your all casting attempts during the game receives minus one to the roll. Okay, yeah. so this basically means that when you're trying to cast spells, that it's a bit harder, which makes you, you want to throw more dice at the spell. Yeah, and means you cannot uh, just one dice, five bounce, bounce spells in a row yeah. or something. So like the Empire Banishment Army with the Thunderbolt and the uh, Banishment... Which nobody likes. No. Except, except the Empire <laughs> But it's not a complete ban, but just makes it a bit harder. Yeah. Um, you play, Actually, you played this today. Yeah. How did you find it went today? went fine. It equalized uh, Rasmus, which I was playing. It had a bit stronger magic than I had. Yeah. And it uh, balanced it a bit up. Because uh, obviously uh, it also hinders your own magic phase yeah. as well. But you just have to, if if your opponent has a stronger magic face uh, and you're not completely reliant on your own magic, uh, you can play it. But it's you can still cast spells and it's not completely hindering it. Yeah, something that we should say as well is that you want giant fanatic to be hidden lists. Yeah. So this is actually quite difficult because you don't always know if people have a lot of bounce spells because you can't see the magic items that people have. So it's kind of a guessing game. Maybe they've got lots of bounce spells. Maybe not. So you have you to have to know the game really good. Yeah. Um, or you just have to sneak a peek at their lists before, yeah. <laughs> if you can. Yeah. Um, we can return to that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the next one is called sabotage, where you choose one enemy unit, um, which will not set up with the rest of the, his army. Uh, instead, it will come into play on uh, as ambushes in the first turn. Uh, we're automatically coming in on the first yeah. turn from his own edge. So it's like slowing one of his units down. Yeah. Uh, you cannot choose character, but you can choose any other unit. And that's to counter some of the big Death Star units uh, and, yeah. and the like. Uh, you, you can also put uh, choose to put some of your characters in that unit. So, yeah. so for, for example, the, the Skaven on the Plague Pendulum. Um, if, if, you, if you actually choose that unit, then obviously that, the character has to be deployed with it. So the character and the unit are going to be off the board. Exactly. Yeah, and that's that's just to counter those kind of units that are difficult to deal with. Yeah. So it makes it a bit easier for the Death Stars and stuff. Yes. Yeah, fair enough. I think that's a that's a good one. We've actually we've all pretty much played with this this uh, card when in the practice games that we've been doing recently. Yeah. Um, how have you guys found it worked? Well, we tested it back when it was uh, you had the option of removing two units, two smaller units. And I think it worked very nice when the, with being able to remove the chaff. Yeah, uh, but I think it can definitely be of great importance and and shift the 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 balance of power in a game, especially with the mission pack that we that we'll go through later. Uh, which with some of the missions you have to to move a very big distance with some of the scoring units, and if you can remove the the scoring unit uh, with the sabotage and make it move an extra twenty inch, I think that that could be a big difference. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of tactic to this uh, to this specific count. Yeah, we we changed it from two smaller units yeah. to uh, just having one unit without uh, any maximum points because else it could 
hit gun lines even more, uh, and they yeah. all already have one empty gun line. Yeah, because uh, taking two cannons off is quite harsh. Yeah, it's quite hard. But taking one cannon off, that's that's still quite yeah. good because it's just one turn that a cannon's not shooting at you. Exactly. And if you're running a dragon, then <laughs> you can get up in someone's face quite quickly. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So the last one. Oh. The fifth one. Oh, the fifth one. There's yeah. two more. Yeah, there's two more. That's stormy Hard weather. Uh, you choose uh, one game turn where the storm is peaking. In this cho uh, chosen game turn, no units can use the fly special rule. So you okay. choose, after this presentation, you choose one game turn where uh, there's no flying movement. Okay, so it's so, a bit like a storm banner. Exactly, but you know it from beforehand, so you can plan around it. Yeah. Uh, it's again some of the flying circus lists. Yes. Uh, but sky sleeves. Yeah, no sky sleeves. <laughs> uh, it's hinders the game but you can you know which turn it is so you can probably if you're a good player you can play around it yeah uh, but it should hinder some of the worst flying service builds yeah so it makes it disadvantaged because else people you can risk to have three four games uh, where you people play that game yeah. against you so see and you it's not as good as a storm banner because a storm banner you can choose when to start it mm. whereas this one is like okay it's turn three or it's turn four no flying, and you can yeah, you can plan around it. Yeah, and the storm banner also uh, hindered uh, shooting. shooting. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> yeah, really good. Yeah. Is it is it still the same? Yeah, it's pretty much the same. It's minus one to hit uh, for minus one ballistic skill, I think, uh, for for all shooting models, and you have to roll four plus for to shoot stone for shoot still for us. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and the last one. It's just a normal day. <laughs> yeah, this one uh, instead of playing the scenario for this round, you just play. Uh, a normal game of ninth age with classical deployment and roll for secondary objective. You still use the tournament uh, victory points victory point table. Um, but if you play this card, your opponent gets to choose both deployment zone and who gets to deploy first. And this is uh, in the pack to uh, counter if every, if someone really doesn't like one of the scenarios in the pack mm -hmm. uh, and or have a really hard time building a list who can cope with, for example, one scenario. Then you can yeah. Uh, just save that card for that round. Um, yeah, I think I think this is a really really good way of balancing the tournament because it means that you, there's going to be some armies that are really good in certain situations. Like I don't know, we'll get to the scenarios in a second. I don't want to spoil yeah. it, but there's going to be obviously some armies that are really good at holding objectives and things like that. And if you can just say, okay, let's just play a normal game. Then it, it kind of bounces those lists because it's after list presentation. Uh, so if you can see that this matchup, I have no uh, chance of, of getting the objective. Uh, then you can play this card. Yeah, and obviously the objectives are really important. So yeah. it's fair that it, and, you, and you still get to roll for uh, the objective in the rulebook. But yeah. those are a bit easier. Maybe you get to, the same uh, one. <laughs> yeah, no, it's still a bit easier to get some of the objectives yeah. in the in the rulebook. Okay, so um, now we're going to talk about the scenarios. Yeah. So obviously there's five scenarios, one scenario for each game. You don't roll for it, you just have game one is X scenario, game two is Y scenario, etc. Exactly. So yeah, scenario number one. So this yes. is game this is day one, game one. Yes. Getting ready, uh, yeah. getting your army out, uh, getting all, all the Probably rust off your shake, dice. Shaking off yeah. the hangover. Yeah. <laughs> also that on the second day. <laughs> Uh, the first game is uh, Capture the Flags, which is uh, set up with classic deployment and then playing with Capture the Flags from the book. Yeah, except so is, that it just gives more uh, yeah. more points. So this is just out of the book, yeah. Capture the Flags, as three banners. Yeah. 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 Kill, you, kill you choose three up banners. three banners after the scrum units, no, just enemy standard. Yeah. Um, 
It's like in Google Book. Yeah. That's the same memory object. Not much about that. The second game is Mush Pit. Mush okay. Pit. With the, you have diagonal deployment, and then you put a marker in the middle of the board, uh, and you make sure there's no impossible terrain or buildings within the six uh, inches of the marker. And then uh, the game is about controlling the Mush Pit marker <laughs> in the middle of the board. Uh, and you control the from starting from the second player, second turn, uh, if a player uh, controls the marker, he, he gets uh, one control point. So that means you have in to have his a, own turn. You have to have a scoring unit within six, six inches. inches of you the marker. You have to have more scoring units, more scoring units. than your opponent within yeah. six inches of okay. the marker. Okay. So it's uh, forces people to go into the middle. Exactly. So a much put in the middle. And it's and it starts. So it's a, the the player that goes second, their second turn is when the first the, the first time you, you get the marker. You start to control. Uh, okay. You, you note down if you get control points. Yeah. Have, have any have any of you guys played this one yet? No, not yet. Yeah, I played it a long time. How did it go? I played two times. Two twice. Okay. Uh, You've been I'm playing sorry. a lot recently. <laughs> I'm playing four games, five games now. A week. Okay. Yeah, go, girlfriend away. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, how did it go? Um, yeah, one one game was against uh, Undamed Industry, which were playing defensively, so I could hold the objective for a couple of turns before getting pushed off and beaten to death. <laughs> um, I was playing Wood Elf, that put like 35 Eternal Guards in the center, and said, fuck you, Dark Elf. <laughs> And did they, did they collect the objective in the end? Yeah, for four turns, and then I wiped the army. Okay, <laughs> and you still won. Yeah, I won because I wiped. Yeah, and took it for the next two, three turns. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So, yeah. so this is the final, final scenario of day one. Yes, it's something a little different, uh, called outflanked, uh, where you. Uh, this is a bit more out of the box than yeah. the usual games. Um, you divide the table into two half, halves, uh, and you choose one to be the attacker, one to be the, the defender. So you roll off like normal. Yeah, you roll off as normal. Uh, the attacker starts deploying like eight inches away from his table edge, along the whole table edge. Yeah. Um, he deploys up until. Uh, at least 1400 points and no more than 1700 points yeah. of his army. So between 1400 and 1700 he, he points deploys, uh, in the 18th deployment zone. Yes, and then uh, the rest of his units, he, he secretly denotes down if they are outflanking on, on his left flank or on his right flank. Yeah. Um, and these units who are outflanking, they arrive on the first turn uh, following rules for ambushes uh, on the respective Node of flanks, yep. but they automatically come in on his first turn. Yeah, uh, and it's secret for the from the his opponent where they arrive. Yeah. Um, then uh, when the attacker deployed, the defender deploys, uh, and it's uh, no, yes, it's the defender deploys uh, eighteen uh, away from the short table edges and uh, six inches away from the central line. So it's big. So it's box. like a, an eighteen-inch box in the middle. Is my math really good? It's 18 from the back of... It's 18... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm confusing you now. It's 18 uh, towards the center yeah. from his back line and then it's uh, 36 inches 36 wide. Inches wide. Okay, so it's kind of like a box in the middle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, And you're quite far up as well. 
Yes. Exactly. And what's the, what is the objective in this scenario? Well, when uh, you deploy your whole army, then you choose one of your uh, units, which has to be one of your scoring units. Um, if this unit uh, it needs to reach the attacker's uh, backline. Yeah, the table edge. Yeah, exactly. And if, if it does that, uh, the unit escapes the battlefield and you win the objective. Yeah. Uh, you remove the unit uh, and it doesn't count as destroyed, so you don't get victory points for it. Uh, and you win the, the five uh, objective points. Okay. Um, so uh, you basically have to get one unit and march it across the yeah, battlefield. It has to go away, get away. Yeah, and uh, off, the, off the table edge. Exactly. Um, if the unit doesn't escape, the opponent wins the game. Okay, uh, and also, is it something like if you reduce it to... Yeah, if you get down to decimated at 55% or below its starting number of wounds... 20, 25%. A, what did I say? 55. So down to 25%. Down to yeah, 25%. yeah. Uh, when it's, it escapes, um, then it's a tie. Yeah. So if the uh, opponent really beats the unit down, but it still escapes, it's a tie. Yeah. Um... um that, th this yeah. one, this one is what you played today, and yeah. I, it looked really fun, like trying to push a unit across the table and trying to stop it and redirect it and shoot it down yeah. and stuff like you that. Really have to think about it in your list building and yeah. about when you play the game, it uh, can be really hard. Uh, yeah. Like also, which units you want to come in on the sides and which yeah, exactly. units you want to stand there and block. Yeah. But but read read this mission. Yeah, it, it's a and bit read it, and read it two times. Yeah. Uh, and there will be uh, now the guys played uh, it in the work in progress, but we will have uh, a drawing of how you deploy, which yeah. should uh, clarify it a bit. Yeah. Um, it might sound complicated, but it's not. And if you don't like it, then just play your just a normal day card. Exactly. If if you think this this is too shitty and complicated, just play the the card that ignores the scenario. I'd be really sad if my opponent does this because I really want to play it. Yeah, I, I was kind of scared of this mission because it's so complicated. But when we played it, it was we thought it was fair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's one uh, some extra. The the chosen unit who's trying to escape cannot move. Uh, can move a maximum of twelve inches in a turn. Yeah, uh, which means that you cannot just take a very fast unit uh, yeah. and just march it off. Uh, and you cannot just magical move it. Yeah, the so out of it. It can uh, only move twelve inches in your in your yeah. turn. Excluding fleeing and, and uh, pursuing, overrunning, things yeah. like that. And unit unit cannot use scout vanguard. So yeah, it's quite fair. Yeah, mo most units should use uh, <laughs> three turns to move it yeah. away. At least, except if you overrun. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, that's the end of day one. Yeah. Uh, scenario number three. So how about day uh, two? Oh, you finish day one with the, the drinking game afterwards. <laughs> is is that true? No. <laughs> <laughs> Just going after beer. Uh, you have to line up your army for painting. You should uh, do that. You should have a drinking game at the end of day <laughs> day one. Maybe. You can organize one. An time. Uh, time. Can we get extra points? <laughs> if you. That could, that could be fun. Sure. <laughs> How many points? Extra points for shots. How many points for programs? Zero point one. 0.1 point. Oh yeah, <laughs> but it'll be, it'll be important if it, if you're both on the same. If you're both on the same points at the end, and you, one of you has participated in the Amatime drinking game, then you win. It's like <laughs> which is only fair. It should, we should do it. That so so the Amatime drinking game should be a tiebreaker. Yeah, it should it should be 
is this a Ninth Age name or a Warhammer name? <laughs> like Dark Riders. <laughs> is it um, is it Warhammer name or a Ninth Age name or both? And if you get it wrong, you have to drink. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a yeah. quiz. Or yeah. yeah. <laughs> that should be part of the quiz. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have to take a, you have to take a shot each time you say something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and we get through a lot of Jaeger. <laughs> So, second day with yeah. the hangover. Now. Yeah, day two, day hangover two. in process, Starting full with, swing. Uh, also a bit of a different scenario, hold the line, classic deployment, you uh, place three objective mar markers in, uh, in the center of the board, one in the middle and uh, one 12 inches from each short edge. Um, and then, uh, starting from the second player's second turn again, if uh, you control all three objectives in one turn, uh, at the same time, you win the scenario. Mm -hmm. So if you can, can uh, and you uh, you control the marker if you have more scoring units than your opponent, but within four inches of the marker. Okay, so it's it's like a, a little bit like hold the hold your hold the ground, but it's at any time during the game. It's at any time during the game. So if you're fast and your opponent sleeps, you can uh, win <laughs> the objective at uh, in turn two. If your opponent's still drunk or hungover. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, so it, it can be quite hard to uh, to to secure all four, all three uh, markers. Um, yeah. You need at least three scoring units. Yeah. Um, because a, a unit cannot uh, claim more than one at a time. Um, and if you want to be sure about it, you probably should bring four scoring units. Yeah. Um, this is this is what we're going to come on to. I think in the second part of the show today talking about how your list is going to be affected by these yeah. scenarios and I think this one is definitely a scenario that you need at least three or four or five or six scoring units. Yeah. And if you have a hard time doing that, you play just normal day if yeah. you haven't used it yet. <laughs> yeah, I think that's uh, what I'm going to be doing on this yeah. mission with my list. Yeah. Um, but I really recommend that people don't play the just normal day because let your opponent try to play the objectives. Yeah. Because these are um, some different objectives and scenarios, and uh, try giving it, it a chance. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and the last one. Final game. The final game. It's not battle line. No. No. It's secure target. <laughs> secure it's, target. Uh, with flank attack deployment, and then with the secure target, almost a secure, secure target from the ruler. Yeah. Uh, where you place uh, after determining the deployment zones, zones, both players each place one mark on the battlefield, starting with the player that picked deployment zone. Each player has to place mark more than eight inches away from that deployment zone, and the short table edges and twenty-four inches away from the other marker. Yeah. Then you cannot place it within one inch of impassable terrain buildings. Yeah. So it's, uh, and it's the same, you control the marker if you have more strong units than your opponent. Yeah, and that's at the end of the game? That's it, at the end of the game. Yeah. Okay, so it's like two two uh, objectives in the on the board. Yes, so okay, it's, it's a bit more classic and almost from the rule book. Yeah, so, and I guess you said to us that the, the, including this scenario, this place in the tournament, was to, you don't want like a, a much of a new scenario or a crazy scenario at the last game of the tournament, because obviously at this point it's going down to the wire, and it could get serious, so you want a bit more of a, a standard scenario. Exactly. Yeah. Also, with some of the more wacky scenarios, you probably have a wider selection of the battlefield condition cards for maybe changing the game or balancing something out. Yeah. And you might have not have that many cards left for the last game, so that should be pretty straightforward. Yeah. 
gaming. The only thing about it is that it uses flank attack deployment uh, from the book, but it's also from the rule book. Yeah, so. I quite like the flank attack one. It doesn't uh, make too much difference. So we have like two scenarios, uh, uh, no, three scenarios with the classic deployment, one with diagonal and one with flank attack. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's quite nice. It's good, good, uh, good all-round mix of scenarios. So guys, do you have any comments on the scenarios or the the uh, battlefield condition cards? They're definitely going to set a pace for for the game, I think. And and for me, I'm going to look at the scenario pack and kind of figure out, uh, like we talked about before, how many scoring units. I think they're going to be the the important part. Uh, how many scoring units you're going to bring? Uh, I think I'm definitely going to uh, sorry to say so. I'm just going to just a normal day on the fourth one. The Hold the ground, hold the line. Yeah, because line. as a as a as a Roman swarm player, it's really hard for me to hold the 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 two ones on the side because I just don't have the leadership. I don't have the leadership bubble to to hold all three, so I can't have my opponent outright winning in turn two or something because I because I don't have the speed or don't have the leadership to to move up. You can always you could always flame two of the objectives or even one and just stop your opponent getting the objective and beat him in combat. Yeah, but for me, uh, I think it's just it's just a safe choice to to go with something a little bit more standard than yeah. risking playing a um, a game like that in which I f I feel like I'm I have a down. It also yeah. depends on the matchup. Yeah, um, which, you know you know the list you're playing before yeah. playing the cards. Yeah. So and this is what I actually quite like about this way that you set it up with the cards is that you actually have an option that if you don't like the scenario, mm. that you have kind of like a get out of jail free card. And obviously you should try and build your lists around the scenarios, but if it comes down to it and you're like, okay, this one, I have no hope, I'm just going to play just a normal day. And that's why I think it's really good the way you've done it. Mm. Yeah, I think we'll just uh, we'll take a quick break now. We're going to come back afterwards and we're going to talk about our list that we've been running leading up to this and talk about how we're going to change them now we've seen the scenarios and stuff. So join us after the break. Giant Fanatic, uh, upcoming tournament in in Copenhagen. Um, right, right now we're going to go over the lists that we're running at the moment. Uh, but first, we just want to say like a little bit more about the the restrictions in inverted commas. Like the restrictions themselves are of the tournament pack that we've just gone through. There's no actual restrictions to the armies, or it's completely out of the book. To the Ninth Age. Like we we trust the Ninth Age rule set, and we we think it's we think it's good enough that well at least Thomas thinks it's good enough that it doesn't need to be restricted in any way. So the restrictions themselves are the rules pack that we just talked about, the scenarios and the cards. Um, there is going to be an update, hopefully in the next week, uh, that the ninth age team have made, 
after the ETC. And if this rule set or the update comes out two weeks before, or at least two weeks before the tournament, then this will be the rule set that we use for the tournament. And yeah, so that's that's the only thing that could change from between now and yeah, then. There are some small uh, fixes that need to be made <laughs> after <coughs> Pope Wagon. Yeah, Pope Wagon, Flaglands, uh, Sky Sloop lists, uh, some some really bad. I, I think lists. I played a, a a list with fourteen chariots yeah. at the ETC uh, warm up. So that, <laughs> you're that, that, <laughs> you that, gave that, me the matchup. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't I want to play that. I would. <laughs> Well, there's some some uh, some holes in the in the balance right now, which should be fixed after ETC. Yeah. Uh, with some small updates, which yeah, hopefully are coming here in the start of September. Yeah. Um, if not, then there might come some small restrictions, but we're counting on not. Yeah. Hopefully. Going to do that. Um, the only other thing which there is is we're playing with the optional rule of hidden lists, okay. which means that magical items are hidden on the list, uh, which is from the rule book. It's uh, not completely balanced, but it's something else, and it's something that changes the meta a bit. And it means that you can build some secret combos um, and maybe have something up your sleeve, yeah. uh, and the opponent doesn't know exactly what your character is equipped with. Which also means that you probably don't see the netlist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think this is why it's really good because you can you can bring the netlist, but then people know exactly what you're going to have. But if you go a little bit outside the box, then maybe you can catch some people out and make something that's really nice. Yeah, playing with the the wood elf item where they put a forest down during the game. Yeah, I've I've been thinking about this. Oliver and I have been talking about it, and I I have a shapeshifter hero with the sacred seeds, and you just run up eighteen inches and you put the forest down in front of his death star, and then you tree sing him to shit as he walks through it. <laughs> the trees come alive and just batters Death Star. <laughs> but I think, yeah, I think things like that, and you could use the Miss Walker mirror where you can teleport between the forests and things like that. I think, I think there's legs in that list. I'm probably going to try it next week, actually. Have so a, now have you a, just gave away all gave my away all your secrets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, now you're going to hear Very my list. Nice of you, yeah. yeah. So um, first up, Rasmus, do you want to tell us about your list? Maybe the one that you, you ran today, or what you've been playing with recently? Yeah, I've been playing Dread Elves, MSU, old uh, army that works okay. It's pretty difficult to play. When it works, it works extremely good. When it doesn't work, it it get really its ass kicked. <laughs> like today. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a 20 nil list. I either get 7 points or 20 points. Yeah. I, f I feel like the units are not there. Yeah. I don't know what they're missing, but... I guess I get bullfrogs okay, tower guards and small units are cheap, but they're not cutting it. Like, yeah. I feel like it's the characters carrying the army. Is, um, is that why the Dread Elves not been doing so well recently? Yeah, I feel like they're, they're they're missing some. They have a lot of special rules, but I don't know. Yeah, just not. I, I've been winning a lot with them, but <laughs> I think that's more because you're a good player than necessarily than the. Yeah. And the list is all the, the, maybe the, your opponents. Yeah, yeah. their opponent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the elder is still okay because it's a, the, the war platform chariot four plus war safe thing. Yeah. And the assassin is crazy. That's the best guy in the army. Yeah. So maybe you just want to quickly go through exactly what's in your list. 
Yeah, not exactly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe miss out the magic items. Yeah, okay, okay, I can I can say that characters from Dreados and Wild Magic is extremely good in combination. <laughs> I think I think uh, any yeah. character plus wilderness magic is no, not any characters because they have a crappy stat line, and and when you use beast magic, you give them an insane stat line, and they have all the special rules to support that. Yeah, and rerolls one to wound and yeah. yeah. Yeah, assassin with Hydra aspect on. It's batshit crazy. <laughs> what else do you have on your list apart from the characters yeah, the, that you the don't want to talk about? Yeah, the Elder, the Little Four on Wild, Level Two on Shadow, the Assassin that has a great weapon. Guess what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty Corsairs, three units of Tower Guards, uh, two units of Crossbows, a unit of Dark ra Raiders. Good <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Good> save. <laughs> Bull for us. <laughs> They're not called both for us anymore. Fuck! Dread, Dread, Dread Reapers? Dread Reapers. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's it. Yeah. Okay. So it's a bit of MSU, bit of Tower yeah, Guard. It doesn't sound that much, but when you do a mistake against them, you feel it. Yeah. Because the, the, they can fight. They can. Especially when combined with the beast magic. Yeah. I think that's kind of the crux of the list. I find with the elves at the moment, it's really magic dependent. Like, if you can get your one spell off in yeah. the right combat, then you'll win. And you win big. Yeah. Because they have a good, they can hit well, and then they're fast, and they strike first. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, my list, I'm running the Sylvan Elves at the moment. I have a, a Lord and a Stag, who's pretty pretty good. Pretty staggy. Yeah. Don't wanna, oh, I, I don't mind. I don't mind telling people what he's got. He's got... Really? <laughs> no, I don't mind. I tell people. He's got an Obsidian Blade, so he's got no armor saves. Against him, he's only strength four, but he's got potion strength, so he can be strength six for one round. So he's got four attacks base because he's a lord, and then he's got the wild huntsman, uh, kindred, so that makes it frenzy. So he's got five attacks, and then he's got devastating charge. So when he charges, he has six attacks, and then he's got the helm of the hunt. So when he charges, he has seven attacks and weapon skill eight, and potion strength, so strength six. So when he charges, he runs in. And he attacks a web skill eight with seven attacks, a strength six with no armor saves. Sounds like forty k. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Instant death. Yeah. From one guy. But he's only got a two percent armor save. Like a knight from forty k. Chaos lords. Yeah, yeah. yeah Rasmus's chaos lords are pretty nasty in in ninth age as well. Yeah, yeah they're pretty. They've been. Uh, yeah, this this oh, character yeah. this character is actually built to kill chaos lords. Yeah. So yeah, he's quite good. And he's a general. Um, I have two level twos on shadow. Uh, one with a scroll, one with an extra spell, one with a bow. You can you know the bow from the rule book. It's the only the only wood elf bow. Just poison shots. I have the BSB with the the standard BSB build. Um, it's got a war banner and all sorts of stuff. Magic Spear, which gives distracting. It's not too difficult to work out what it's got. Two plus arm save. Um, I have two units of archers with black arrows, a unit of heath riders for scoring, a unit of dryads to kill chariots. Um, I have 24 forest forest rangers, the guys with the great weapons. Um, I actually forgot to tell you that they have fight next to rank. Never mind. Yeah, they have the fight next to rank banner. Uh, two times five blade dancers, two times five wild huntsmen with paired weapons, 
and a unit of Kestrel Knights. And then in red, there's just nine Sentinels with poison. So the idea is that I've got lots of attacks at low strength or strength four armor piercing. Lots, of, lots, and lots of attacks, and I can reduce the toughness of monsters, or I can reduce the toughness of units, which makes my attacks more valuable. And then I can also cast Mind Razor, which wins games. It's Mind Razor, five times. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the essence of the list. It's really, really squishy, but it hits really, really hard when combined with magic. And double miasma. Yeah, exactly. And it's got a bit of shooting as well. You actually played with my army today. How did yeah. you How did you feel it worked? Well, I was really confused because I normally play uh, Warriors of the Dark Gods. Um, so it's a really different army. <laughs> it's like the polar opposite army. Yeah, I was like, oh, I, I, I know how to play against it, but it's like, how the fuck do you play it? Um, <laughs> it played out pretty good. Yeah. Um, with Smashing Face. Uh, yeah. It also helped with the, the scenario. Um, uh, yeah, hitting like a glass hammer. Uh, we had like five wild riders, what they call wild huntsmen, wild huntsmen uh, charging ten tower guards, tower guards uh, and just exploding. <laughs> so no one was left. Uh, they struck at the same time. The, the idea was that I hoped to get a miasma through. So I struck before the tower guard. <laughs> Uh, rolled badly in the magic phase, so I didn't get any off, but I got a scroll, so that leaves that. Yeah. Uh, and then they just uh, exploded. <laughs> evaporated. Yeah, evaporated. So both units dead. Uh, Strike at initiative six, both with lots of yeah, attacks. Yeah, um, and causing a lot of panic test in uh, Rasmus' line, but no one ran out. So, <laughs> so it was a trade off. How many points yeah. did Tower Guard? Ten of them. Less than the. Yeah, less than the Huntsman. They are 110 and they had a champion, so it's 120. Okay, the Huntsman are only 150, so. It's not it, wasn't, it wasn't that much of a It was like, it was. Uh, uh, a chance, <laughs> uh, because yeah. if I got the Miasma through, it was I would a risk. Just have, yeah. was a risk. I, I would have just killed the Tower Guard and then all run into uh, executioners. Uh, executioners behind, which they would have uh, pulled to shreds. Yeah. But it's pretty unique that both Elves' army have so much initiative. Yeah, was, I was army. really uh, because uh, a lot of initiative have been lowered in this in the ninth age. Yeah. So I was really uh, like everything of just initiative six or like, yeah. what the fuck is happening? A, a, lo a lot of pad weapons. Yeah. 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 All the chariots initiative six, the cold knights initiative six, tower guards, tower guards, the witch elves, what the witch elves? The pad weapons, uh, initiative six. Sass, pad weapons. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of initiative six, and the same in the Sylvan Elves, War Dancers, the So the, the game weapons. was really, uh, we are just destroying each other if we charge in, uh, yeah. and making the right charges. Um, but I also just charged the, the Stag Lord into the Corsair unit, who mm -hmm. was trying to escape. Yeah. Uh, we were playing the outflank scenario, uh, and Rasmus was the... Then the defender, not trying to reach and I was the attacker. Yeah. Uh, so and he chose his Cassadian to try to escape the board, and I just held him up the whole held game. Held him up uh, the whole game with the the, the stack stack, lord, yeah. and then uh, in turn four, three or four, I could charge uh, the bunker of yeah, my assassin rangers, forest rangers in the inside. Yeah, and the stag lord managed and to kill the assassin. Rasmus's uh, assassin didn't really feel like assassinating anyone today, <laughs> so. That helped. Did did you fluff all your attacks or? Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Happens. 
So, um, guys, uh, now we've we've told us at least about our list that we're running at the moment. Um, what are you going to take into account now you've seen the tournament pack, and now you've now you've had a chance to play the scenarios? What are you going to take into account when you write your list for the tournament or change your list for the tournament? I'm going to try to make a list that that can not reliable, but with a good chance to take the objective. Yeah, this can be so important. I I have three scoring units in my list right now. And when I sit down and write it again, it's going to have four or five. I have five, and I don't. I don't even feel like it's enough. No, you can you can fit a few more banners though, can't you? In your army? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm you, probably going to do that. Yeah. Seven or eight scoring units. That's going to be really tough to play against. Yeah. But uh, I was actually thinking, um, like, what's the, what's the missions? Because do we need that many scoring units? Like, one of the objectives is getting moving your units through to the other guys. You don't need uh, very many banners here. You have one uh, with the mass pit, you have to have most within six, but you can just have one or two good ones because your opponent's probably not going to fit that many in either. So you can like have two strong uh, combat, court, blocks. combat yeah. blocks in the center uh, combating for the for the objective and just some chair for, to, to kind of move his stuff out of the way. Um, and then the big one is of course hold the line. That's the one where you have to have a lot of banners. Uh, but you can just use just an all day on that one, and then you're not in any, you're not pushed, you're not forced to have that many scoring units because a lot of the scenarios, some of the scenarios, are just not based around having uh, a lot of scoring units. Yeah. So I was actually thinking just going two big combat blocks. Uh, and well, you uh, have to remember some of the battlefield condition cards, for example, sabotage, where you can the opponent can push one of your uh, scoring units to come in. To, from the board on turn one instead of starting at the uh, 12 inch mark 12 inch mark or maybe yeah. longer in yeah. um, if you only have two strong scoring units you're losing the objective probably because you he, he can delay it maybe but it depends yeah, um, and you can take off the, the the most of his shootings which you have some you have some options of removing some of the damage from the shooting stuff so uh, I, w I would definitely consider running us uh, only a two banner setup. Just try it a couple of games and see how it works out, uh, and then just a huge fucking monster mass on your, on the side, because you have all the, these battlefield conditions that can really take off the edge of your opponent's uh, shooting phase. So if you're bringing three or perhaps four uh, monsters, they can really really do uh, big work, and with two strong combat blocks to to either contest or claim the objective. I think you're. I think you're in a pretty decent position. Um, yeah, the problem is you only get one time to use the card for your own games to yeah. to to avoid getting shot to shreds if you have a lot of monsters. So the rest of the games you'll play, you you can't counter it again. Yeah, but I don't think you're going to. I don't think at this tournament. I don't think there will be a lot of shoot, uh, very shooting heavy armies because of the of the way the the restriction system is with the with the counter cards. Uh, so I, I really don't think there will be some gun lines, but I don't think you'll meet gun lines to the maximum. You'll meet two gun lines. I I, I can't Maybe. believe any, and I think it will will be Skaven-ish gun lines yeah. if you're meeting <laughs> them. And yeah, I think, I think, I think a, monster was... a monster mash is a good uh, it's a good idea. Perhaps uh, perhaps trolls and stuff that can. Yeah. I think trolls is a really good show. Right? Anything anything? Yeah. They, they they cannot have a banner. No, but you have to think like okay, what kind of what kind of scoring units are there? 
and there's a lot a lot of the scoring units are actually infantry a lot of the scoring units are just cavalry and I think something like trolls is a really hard counter to infantry because they have lots of attacks they have high strength they can do no armor saves and like if you have a unit of chaos warriors or something with a banner and that's gonna okay I'm gonna come up and claim an objective well okay here's six trolls in your face go fuck off I'm gonna smash your dick in like I think I think you can think about units that are actually going to be hard counters to the scoring units that you're going to see, and I think these are going to be useful as well. Something like tree men or mm. like the wild huntsmen. Yeah, of course, you can make an army that pushes your opponent away from the objective. Yeah, and if you just have one or two good solid scoring units that you're sure will will stick around the objectives, I think you I think you're in a good position if you can make a lot of damage around and and kind of push for the flanks and and try to get try to push them off the objectives. Do you think you're going to see ETC lists? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm right now I'm testing double doom wheel, uh, double cannon, uh, shenanigans because it it's just really good and it's not that hardly comes in the of course there's a little <laughs> bit of against the, the two cannons but the two cannons Sometimes they do work, sometimes they just don't. So yeah, if you, if you roll ones for your strength. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's game and cannons, that's why they're cheap. So. Uh, do, you, do you think you're going to see like the Sky Sloop list? Do you think you're going to see the Flagellants? I mean, we don't know what the changes are going to be. but If they don't change it, Flagellants are really good in these scenarios. Yeah, because they can stand there all they, day they, long. They do what trolls do, just a much better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're well, cheaper. Well, I can say if they... Uh, if the Nanthe team doesn't change the flag ones, I will make sure they... <laughs> I had a personal yeah. experience at Emma time. <laughs> Sorry! <laughs> um, so I have a grudge against them, so if they... Mm-hmm. That, that's just something that's too good. Uh, a good example of something that if the, the mini update doesn't fix it, uh, or it doesn't uh, come out uh, two weeks before, yeah. we will have a, a small... I can, re- I can ban re- on, on flaglands. I, re- I can remember your reaction. I said, um, because we are friends, I said, these are really good. You have to be really careful. Yeah, okay, they're straight hard, right? Yeah, they're, they're so really hard. I said, they're so broken. <laughs> and you're like, okay, I charge with the, what I know, chariots and trolls and all that. And I said, uh, that, that is not enough. <laughs> oh, well, I think it's enough. Okay, and I beat the shit out of you. And like, like, fuck shit. <laughs> I had the impression that uh, the ninth age was balanced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was very naive. I so, learned from the experience. Maybe you could give us like an I example. I also got a good beating from Jonas in the first game. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Maybe you could just give us an example of, let's say, the flagellants as an example. How would you change it if you is it, is it going to be like a like a number of flagellants you can take or like I say the maximum of one euro. Yeah, either a maximum of one unit or a maximum of uh, Flaglands and the Holy Army or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I think that would... Limit the unit size yeah, or something, something like, like that. that. Uh, okay. Because instead of going in and change points and yeah. stats, I would like just putting max on how many... Yeah, you and how about the, the Pope and Bill? Uh, <laughs> the Pope and Bill doesn't kill anything in itself. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking maybe if they don't fix it, we, you have talked about it on the show that they're maybe capping uh, the ward safe on uh, on the different wagons um, to five plus instead of four plus. Yeah, that, uh, at least you can kill it then. Yeah, uh, because I think a lot of the wagons are too hard. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, but we'll uh, I think we'll wrap up now. 
Um, so yeah, uh, we have there's two or three um, warm-up tournaments for Giant Fanatic coming up in the next month. Uh, there's one uh, Legacy. Yeah, that's the biggest one up in Lyngby. I think it's already sold out, but 30 places yeah. or seats um, the week before Giant Fanatic with 2,000 points, uh, which uh, I hope I get a place for. <laughs> I'm on the waiting list. Uh, I want to play some Warhammer too. <laughs> Um, and there's a small uh, guy called Christopher here in Copenhagen. is uh, has a basement with a, I think, room for six gaming tables, and he's making both a uh, warm up for Legacy uh, for the other tournament, and then a warm up for Giant Fanatic uh, down in his basement um, during September. Okay, uh, cool. And you can so find these on Powerfist. Yeah, uh, under tournament debate. Yeah, uh, and you also find all the information about uh, the Giant Fanatic and the tournament pack both at uh, at Powerfists uh, under the Giant Fanatic board on the Ninth Age yeah. subboard. And we also have a Facebook page where you can go in uh, for the event, uh, where there also will come information, um, and also under Fanatic DK. Yes, um, and this episode should be out um, Wednesday the twenty third. First, yeah, I don't know what the date is. Yeah, this Wednesday, this will be out, and then we're recording here on Sunday. So yes, it's in three days, so it might be sold out when we. Yeah. When you hear this. Yeah, maybe. Hopefully, that'd be really great if we can get hundreds. I, I, I'm not. I'm not too concerned about having uh, the event sold out. I think there's uh, some players waiting for the complete uh, rules pack. Rules pack. Um, yeah. And, and seeing what it, what is it, uh, and if they like it. Yeah, and obviously this is a bit of a preview for you guys to uh, hear the rules pack in advance. Yeah. And um, the rules pack then, when you're hearing this, the rules pack should be out in one or two days. Yeah. If it's not out already, if you're listening to it late. So yeah, you can find that on, on uh, Powerfist as well. Um, just thank you for listening today. Uh, our usual broadcast segments will be coming to you soon. Hopefully in the next couple of weeks we can do another episode. Um, and we'll be covering the usual hobby stuff and tournament stuff and shenanigans that we get up to. So stay tuned. Thank you for listening today. This has been Amazon Podcast, episode number 12. <laughs> <laughs>
I always hate doing this. I always have to edit it. <laughs> Amazon. I never, I never say what, I never know what to say to like end the show. Finish it? Yeah, I'm really bad at it. Oh, you don't even have a catchphrase? No. Twelve episodes, no catchphrase. <laughs> we should get a catchphrase. Something. So this is in the show, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can just edit it out. It's no, fine. it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to leave this in? <laughs> So now, we should... now we're talking about infinity. <laughs> <laughs> infinity. Infinity. <laughs> okay. Is that the way you want to end every show? Talk about infinity. <laughs> <laughs> we have to have you on as a special guest every show. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, I'll keep my schedule. Okay. Um, thank you for listening. Um, hope you've enjoyed the show tonight. Uh, we'll be recording our usual podcast um, in the next couple of weeks. It'll be out probably in a few weeks' time if we get some. If we get. Oh, fuck's sake. I'm really tired. <laughs> How do we end it? Fuck. Just press the button. No, no, we need to. We need to be pro and yes, do it properly. Mm. Maybe, maybe you should take it away. Or we could use our bell cry. Okay. This has been the dwellers below. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's good. Maybe we should record something like that, like